The Healthy Free Life Show, where you're going to learn a new way to eat and live healthy for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Katrina. And I'm Chris, and we're on a mission to help you get healthy, ditch disease, lose weight, and find food freedom so you can fulfill your God-given purpose. So if you're ready to get healthy and free so that you can live that abundant life that you've been promised, then let's do the thing. Let me ask you a question. If I were to look at your schedule and if I were to look at your to-do list on a daily and weekly basis, would I find that your health is at the top of the list and there are healthy activities, actions, and things on your schedule that support your health? Maybe things like exercise or going for a walk or menu planning or meal prepping or preparing healthy meals for dinner. Would I find these things built into your schedule on a weekly and daily basis? Is your health a priority? And we're going to dive into whether it is or it isn't the consequences that you're going to experience if your health is not a priority. And most importantly, give you some practical tips and tools that you can do today to start making your health a priority. Because listen, your life And your health depends on you making it a priority. Let me share with you what inspired this conversation that Chris and I are going to have today. We received this message from a dear listener who said, I am in my early 60s and my life is as as busy now as it was when I was raising my children. I have an elderly mom at home. I am very busy with my grandchildren, work full time and maintain the house and a good sized lawn. I am grateful for all of this. I am blessed. I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to juggle it all. I feel overwhelmed much of the time, and this absolutely affects my eating habits. I feel like I burned the candle at both ends for so long that I'm just so overtired and I cannot seem to get ahead of taking control of my schedule. Man, can you relate to what she's saying here? She is... Her schedule is full. She's busy taking care of her mother. She's busy taking care of or you know, busy with her grandchildren. She's working full-time. She's caring for her house. Perhaps she's married. And this is a lot. There's a lot on her plate. And what she's wanting here is how do I better manage my time so I can do it all? But we're going to begin to unpack that and let you know that there's really no managing of time. Time is finite. So we're going to have to make some decisions within the time that we have. And so let's dive in. So let's talk about what's going on. Why is it that we've gotten to this place in our lives where our health and we're not able to really sustain our health during these seasons in our life that frankly don't ever seem to end. They just seem to transform, Mm -hmm. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They don't end. They just kind of progress into the next phase. And a lot of times the next phase isn't that much easier than the phase you just came out of. And sometimes I just feel like it's like, how the heck do we get here? Right. Right. But it's a series of decisions over time Mm -hmm. that leads us to this place. And sometimes there's things outside of our control. Some, some of the things we've decided to do and some of the things just happen and we don't even realize that they've happened. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the reasons why we can get into a place where really what it's a matter of is our health is really not a priority here. And so what we're trying to do is I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, I'm exhausted and eating unhealthy and living unhealthy as a result. So how do I better manage my time is not the right question. The question really is, 
How do I make my health a priority so that I can be better equipped to do the things that I've been called to do, things that, things that I need to do, and things that I want to do? Right. Yeah, it's not something that's ever been instilled in really anyone, but especially uh, women, because you know, women, there, your guys have that role of caretaker and, and just having the ability to step back and go, okay, well, I need to take time for myself. You know, the whole self-care thing is, you know, some people have that, well, self-care is selfish. Well, what we're here to tell you today is that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, in episode number 18, I talk just about that, that self-care is not selfish, but I think that like you're saying, it's like, not only we as women are naturally tendencies towards caretaking, obviously Mm -hmm. that's how God designed us. But then we also may have watched it being modeled by our mother who may have potentially over, you know, had an over caretaking personality. And we've, we've seen that model, but even in the church where we've been told potentially with biblical teaching that we need to care for others Mm -hmm. more than ourselves. And that's actually not what the scripture says. The scripture is to love others as much as ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it comes from a place of love and care that we can then pour out and do all of the things that she's talking about doing, caring for her elderly mother, caring for her grandchildren and loving and playing with her children, doing her work, keeping up with her home, all of these things that she needs to do. But we can get into a place where we're not taking care of ourselves in that situation. So we get into this place where we've, we're not really prioritizing our health. We've put our health on the back burner, potentially because of caretaking. But then we've also not ever really been taught how to truly care for ourselves, care for our health, maintain health, have healthy habits in our life that can sustain our health for the rest of our life. Right. And sure, we made it each had a health class in high school, but let's just be honest. <laughs> It didn't work. Yeah. And so like what were you, were you just saying? Like how many thousands of times yeah, when you think about it, in your life will you, have you to eat. do you have to eat? <laughs> yeah. And you have to make decisions about what to eat thousands and thousands, like right. over 60,000 times in your life, you have to make a decision about food. And yet we've never been really never been taught told. how to do that. What does it take to truly eat and live healthy? Yeah. And you you know, when you have tried to make that attempt, it's usually, okay, well, I'm going to go on this diet. Um, and then again, that goes back to whole, the whole sustainability of it because, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you can do it for a a little bit of a small season in your life and, and you might be able to be quote unquote successful at that, but that's really the only time we've ever, we ever really tried to do anything quote unquote healthy for ourselves. And then we just revert right back to our old ways because, among many reasons, one of the reasons why is that we just never had the habits and the and the lifestyle in place to make it a sustainable way of life. And really, it's those healthy habits that then our life can just run on. It's the tracks that our yeah. our our whole health and body, mind and spirit, our life can run on. If we have these healthy habits in place, then we don't have to think about our health as much. It's it needs to be a priority, right. but we can make it not be all consuming with healthy habits in place that we do automatically, regardless of a busy life, regardless of chaos, regardless of stress in our life, we're going to do these habits that help to sustain us so that we can continue to do what we need to do. Right. Because like you're saying, a diet does not beget a healthy lifestyle. No, no. And again, that's 
how we've just kind of been taught to do it. However, a healthy lifestyle begets the things that we're wanting to do with a weight loss. A healthy lifestyle full of healthy habits that support our health lead to things like weight loss, disease reversal, disease prevention, and more. It leads to the abundant life that we're really after. So here's the thing though is that we need to take it a step further. So not only are we not prioritizing our life, which are our health, what can happen is that in our 20s, in our 30s, we can kind of get away with it. Right. Right. Because we are youthful. We're more vibrant. Our cells are more, we're kind of at our prime in our 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. mentally, physically. And so because of that, we can kind of abuse our bodies through those years. So we don't have to prioritize our health. We don't have to uh, do things that we don't have to have to exercise. We don't have to uh, eat right or sleep right because our bodies can kind of bounce back from that because we are in a hormonal environment, a physical environment where we still have everything we need to live primely. Right. But then what happens Mm -hmm. in our Mm forties, sometimes in our thirties, but in our forties, we begin to decline, especially women. Yes. What's going on here? We are obviously in our forties, things become a lot more difficult. The wheels begin to start falling off if we've not ever prioritized our health. And then it gets worse in our fifties. And when we hit our sixties and even 70, it's, it's to the point where it is debilitating if we're right. not, if we've not done something to prevent this. So let's talk about what's going on hormonally that really is setting our dear listener up for failure to be able to think that she can possibly manage and 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 have time management skills and just manage her schedule better. And it's just going to create an environment where it just makes it worse. So yeah. what's going on here hormonally? Yeah. Well, even if you take a step back when you are, when you are in that younger state of life um, and you are and be pushing the envelope and, and possibly abusing things, you are actually laying the groundwork to have more difficulty, you know, with problems going forward as you get older, because a lot of these disease processes that start are actually started in your thirties and then into your early forties because of, it's just a compounding effect. So when you got to think about, yes, you can get away with those things as you're younger. So for, you know, our younger listeners, you know, just because we're saying that you can kind of get away with it, that's not a good idea to, that's not just to give you a free pass to just beat your body up during those years because it, it is a compounding effect. It so will you catch will, up with you. Yeah, you will, you will start experiencing issues because there's a lot of disease processes that happen at, in that, you know, even, even late twenties, early thirties that you might not, they might not be showing up when you see the doctor, but there's things brewing behind the scenes. Cause one of the things that happens in our healthcare system is we don't really look at things that deeply to know that there could be some underlying stuff happening until it shows up as an actual diagnosis. With yeah. Things. Like for instance, for me, if you were to listen to my story, you know, in, um, in my twenties, I really abused my body, not only with a poor diet and poor lifestyle. I was a night nurse right. and had a lot of stress. Um, we were, um, you know, just trying to keep up with the Joneses, all the things. And I hit 30 and I was, I didn't have disease processes necessarily that were impacting me. I had childhood diseases. I was still struggling with like asthma and allergies, but I was also just chronically fatigued, exhausted right. all the time. Um, I had a buzzing in my chest and it was expressing itself as anxiety. I thought I I had 
anxiety issue. I thought it was a mental, spiritual issue. I had no idea that it was the lifestyle and diet that I had created that was causing me to feel exhausted all the time, to be struggling with acne all the time, to be struggling with anxiety. And even like you struggle with that long enough and it begins to become depressive, right? Right. Well, then you, you know, then you go to the doctor and then the doctor doesn't really do a deep dive in the checking things. And then you just say, oh, well, you just might need a medication or something for an anti-anxiety medication. And and there are obviously people that need that, but how many people do get uh, diagnosed and given that kind of a, um, you know, just be put on a medication like that, that could have been avoided because, you know, we weren't really ever really taught to get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And, you know, our, I think about Nancy, who we've interviewed here on this podcast, and she had, she struggled with depression mm-hmm. for years and was put on an antidepressant. And I asked her, I was like, did your physician ever talk about diet and lifestyle, how that can impact your ability to better manage your depression and that it can be used in conjunction with an antidepressant, which may not need to be used forever. Right. forever. Right. And Maybe so, for and she said, no, I was never told right. that my depression could be impacted by the diet and lifestyle choices right. that I was making. And so we've got to realize that, like we were saying, that these things can start in our right. in our teens, 20s and 30s, um, and that can lead to this disease later on. But also we can suffer with a lot of symptoms in the process and along the way, such as, and then one big one that we haven't even talked about is weight gain right. and inability to lose weight. And so that's a big, you know, a big struggle that many, many suffer with. So then, um, so then what happens? That's a good transition. Yeah. So, yeah. What happens now? Well, um, there's new seasons of life that happen uh, hormonally for a female that, you know, men, we just don't have to necessarily, we go through some things, but we don't go through nearly to the extent that you guys do. And um, the the time of your life when specifically, you know, we see this all with many, many, many of our students is that um, this time when you're starting getting into your your 40s and then into your 50s and then into your 60s, there's things called perimenopause and menopause um, that most people probably have heard of. But really, truly, um, we're not really sure at this point if anybody's really educated at all on what exactly happens hormonally and how that can affect your ability to be resilient and be able to handle all the things that you're trying to handle because you used to be able to handle these things. Again, they might not have been the healthiest thing to do, but you could handle it. You could hold on. Now you're getting into this situation in a season of life hormonally that now it's just almost, it's, there's just no way that you can handle all the things that you can use to be able to handle because of the hormonal changes that we're going to get into here. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because it's like you, I, I personally beat myself up thinking like, why can't, why can I not, um, do this. I should be able to push through this. I should be able to because do this. Because you used to be able to. Because I used to be able right. to. But like my my mind will literally begin to shut down at like four yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah. I can't do these high brain power things that I once used to be able to do right. until midnight. Right? right. And I'm frustrated because I think there's something wrong, but I just need to remind myself of the exact hormonal state that I find myself in, yeah. which is in the throes of perimenopause. Yeah. And, um, and so- What's going on here that is creating that environment where we lose our capacity and our resiliency? Yeah. Well, once you start, you know, perimenopause, we're not going to go into a huge deep dive here and we'll do that in future episodes. But, you know, perimenopause, the big thing that happens there is that now you're starting to get 
your levels of estrogen and progesterone, which everybody, most women know what those are. Those are your sex hormones. Um, when you start getting into the perimenopause ages where, uh, things like your cycle might be irregular. Now you're starting to get to a point where your estrogen progesterone levels, they're, they're kind of like twin sisters. They, they kind of work together. And when you get into this season of life, you're going to have times where one is going to be specifically estrogen, for instance, is going to be much more dominant because you'll perimenopause is a season where a lot of times you end up being low in progesterone. So what happens is those two guys work together to be able to maintain mood, um, to be, they're basically what we would consider like your, their, your stress shields, like your brain specifically has it, it really likes estrogen, um, but then yet it likes progesterone because progesterone helps calm things down. So like estrogen is kind of like the fun sister that kind of wants to go out and do things. And then progesterone is like the calming sister. So the problem is, is you're going to go in through a season where those levels are going to be fluctuating. And now your brain is actually like cr literally craving those hormones that aren't there. So now your brain is actually going to be let, you're going to have less like literally less brain energy to be able to function. So then you're going to think, well, why can't I, why can't I think through this? Why can't I push through this mentally? It's because your brain is literally being kind of starved of these hormones. And sometimes they're super high, sometimes they're low. And that puts you in a situation where your, your moods are unstable, your, your energy levels are unstable, your sleep. We'll talk about that probably in future podcasts, but sleep gets disturbed. And then we know from what we've talked about is that, you know, if one sleep gets disturbed, everything else can, you know, all your capacity for everything can, uh, can start going down because of how much, how important sleep is. So these are all things that happen during, during the perimenopause and then transition to menopause, menopause. And these are just things that are not really ever addressed. And, you know, women, because you guys are just supposed to just push through it and you have in the past, then like you said, then you start beating yourself up over the fact that you just can't. And, and then you don't really get a lot of support from your doctor because the doctor is just kind of like, well, this is just kind of season of life. This is just something as a woman just has to deal with. And that's not the case. Like there, there are things, lifestyle things that we teach in our academy and also then even, um, you know, supplements and hormone replacements and things that we'll eventually talk about, but things that can really help support the system, um, uh, and not to feel like that you, there is no help out there. There is help out there. You just have never been taught, you know, that, you know, that it's really not your fault. Right. And so like our dear listener, she is in her early 60s and she is probably most likely menopausal, right. you know, postmenopausal. And um, and so now it's like not only are things no longer fluctuating, you actually, unless you're on hormone replacement therapy, your estrogen and progesterone are relatively low. Yeah, once you start to getting the point into, where yeah. you no longer have that support. And so now we have other hormones that can then like cortisol, our stress mm -hmm. hormone, that can run a little bit more rampant. And and so now it's we're going to have all sorts of issues related to elevated cortisol as well. Yeah, because shield like estrogen and progesterone are basically like your shields to your cortisol. So once you lose your shields, you're going to be more uh, stress sensitive in a bad way. So you're not going to be able to, you know, cope with with the stressors of your day-to-day -day life where you used to before. Everything's just going to feel more stressful. Yeah. And so that's what she's feeling. She feels, you know, when she says, I'm burning the candle, I've burnt the candle at both ends for so long and I'm exhausted right. and I'm overwhelmed. And, and so to, so to really think that we're going to be able to better manage time 
in this scenario is, is just not, um, not where our focus needs to be because we're just going to continue to, to beat our head against the wall. Again, because you think that you have done it before, you should be able to do it. And it's never really, you know, our society is never, uh, emphasize, doesn't emphasize slowing down, doesn't emphasize maybe taking things out of the schedule. It's always just add, 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 because that's kind of how, what we're we're told to do. We're, We're supposed to be driven. So then let's talk about the solution. Now, we're obviously not going to give the entire solution here because we would be here for days, but let's really talk about how do we make our health a priority because that is is really one of the underlying things that I think that's going on here. But then two, how do we make a healthy lifestyle easy and sustainable? Because how do we do that in a way that um, our life can then run on these rails for our health so that we can be about the business of doing this thing called life, but also having a, a vibrant health that supports it. So let's talk about our priorities. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important because what so often happens, like we've been talking about, is that we have other priorities, either our other own priorities or other people's priorities. Mm-hmm. And usually what I find is that health ends up at the bottom of the list. Yeah. And so what we need to begin to do is we need to begin to reorder our big rock priorities in our life in a way that supports this life that we want to live. And so I have a little, just a little exercise for you. And I bet you the majority of people will not take me up on this little exercise, but you, dear listener, are not that person. You're going to take what I'm saying now and you're going to write it down. You're going to re-listen to this and you're going to do this exercise because it's really going to help you to put things in the right order. So when we think about big rock priorities, what we want to think about is what's most important in our life. Okay. Number one, our relationship with the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that as believers, our relationship with God is number one, because from there, everything flows. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So what's number two? This is where things begin to start going a little wrong in our priority list. I'm going to suggest that the number two spot belongs to health. That your health, body, mind, and spirit belongs in step number two. Because from our relationship with the Lord and from a healthy body, mind, and spirit, then we are able to do all the other things we need to do, such as have relationship with others, such as caring for an elderly parent, such as caring for our children, such as working, such Mm -hmm. as managing our finances. Everything else flows from there. So I think about a a student that we have who just recently shared a testimony where she is actually now able to go back to work because she is healthier. Mm. She had hypertension, she had diabetes, she had all of these health ailments that prevented her from working. But because she prioritized her health, probably took her about a year, year and a half of Mm. really going all in on her health. She's now able to go back to work and work and financially help to support her family because she's now in a healthier place. So wouldn't you say then, therefore, health is more important than finances. Yes. Right. If you're not healthy, are you able to care for your mother, your ailing mother? Are you able to care for your kids or be available to run around and play with your grandchildren? No. I think about Teresa who didn't know that she was going to become a primary caretaker for her mother 
the year she did. And she had been, Lord, you know, thankful that God led her to this, but she, a year and a half before that, said yes to taking, making her health a priority. And she started implementing healthy habits in her life. And she began to, over the course of 18 months, lost 100 pounds, got to a place where she developed these healthy habits in her life that sustained her life. And then her mother needed to move in with them and she needed to become a full-time caretaker for her mother. She would not have been able to do that no. in the condition she was in. She, it would have completely uh, created her own spiral. Right, but she probably would have done it anyway. She probably would have done it anyways. that's just, you know, what you do. That's what you do. But yes. what would have been the consequences coming out of that? Right. And listen, if you would love to hear Teresa's story and her tell it in episode number 19 of the Healthy Free Life show, it's Teresa's story and how she lost a hundred pounds. It's so incredible what she was able to do just by developing the right healthy habits in her life. So then- Priority number one is our relationship with the Lord, that we need to be in connection and communion with Him all throughout our day where we walk in the presence of God. Number two, your health needs to be number two. So if I were to look at your schedule right now, and I would to look at your to-do list right now, would I see healthy habits and healthy activities all throughout your day and your week? Mm. Would I see where you have scheduled in your exercise? Would I see where you have had have listed that you are that you need to drink your water and you need to get your five, 10, 7,000 steps in every day. What I see in your schedule where you are, are sitting down to do menu planning for one hour a week. What I see on your schedule, maybe on a Sunday afternoon where you spend one to two hours meal prepping for your entire week to set you up for success, because obviously your life is busy and you work full time. So sh- there's not a lot of time to make a healthy right. meal. So you're probably going for you know, easy, convenient things Mm -hmm. that are not supporting your health. So do I see that in your schedule? Do I see where you are taking a Sabbath? Do I see where you are resting through your day? Do I see where every single morning you have your quiet time, but you're also establishing worship activities throughout your day? Would I see this in your calendar and in your schedule? So we have our relationship with the Lord. We have our health. And then comes relationships with others. That's when we can... That's when we'll have the ability and the capacity to then pour more into others. Then from there, what are our other priorities? We have things like our finances and our talents. So these can be coupled together into work. So some of us have to work, but some of us also get to use our talents in our work. But then sometimes we need to just work in order to provide for our family. And we're not necessarily using our talents, but we're using our time and our energy for that. So what about our talents? The Lord has gifted each one of us. Are we utilizing those in a way that honors the Lord and fills our tank? But then also having room for things like fun and joy-filled activities. Now, obviously, a relationship with God, relationship with others, our health, even our work and expressing our talents, those should be and fill us up with joy. joy. We should mm-hmm. have a joy-filled experience, but they don't always do that depending on on what exactly we're engaging in when it comes to work and relationship with others and things like that. So we do need to be mindful that we do need to prioritize some fun and some joy activities because I know for me in my life, I will just get so busy with all the other things that I actually forget to have some fun and to, and to have these joy experiences sprinkled in my life. So I actually have on my to-do list, joy activities throughout my day and my week. So here's the activity. You ready? This is the, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get out a blank piece of paper and I want you on the, um, on the column to the, to the left, I want you to write down the priorities in this order, relationship with God, 
my health, relationship with others, finances, talents, and fun and joy. So you have those down one column. Now, across the row at the top, at the very top, I want you to write across these columns, these, these list these out daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Okay. Now you're probably going to need more than one sheet of paper, but we're going to start here. And for those who are kind of geeky, like I am, you can even do it on a Google spreadsheet or or, uh, an Excel spreadsheet. And you can start beginning to put this together because what we want to begin to do is we want to say, okay, my relationship with God, what is it that I want? If my relationship with God is priority, how do I make it a priority? My day, my week, my month, and my year. If my health is a priority, what activities do I need to be doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis? So for instance, yearly, you might be like, well, what's yearly? Well, that's like going to get our physical. It's going to get our mammograms. It's going to get our colonoscopies, all those fun things we get to do, right? Um, Definitely not under the category of fun, but definitely under the category of, of, um, of our health. Same thing with finances, talents, fun and joy. And it's going to take some time to do this, right? And we're going to begin to create the spreadsheet of priorities. Now, not every single square needs to be fit in. So in other words, there may not be quarterly things for your health you're going to add in, but at least at minimum, we need to start with daily and weekly, daily and weekly. What are the daily and Mm -hmm. weekly habits and activities we need to add into our life to ensure that if I were to look at my calendar, that my priorities are a priority. And that your health, and the health is the one I really want us to be focusing on because that's what the one that we usually put at the bottom, as well as fun and joy, is usually gets put on the bottom as well. So once you have this spreadsheet and you begin to look at the things and, you know, under relationships with others, you are, you know, thinking about your grandkids and your ailing mother that you're caring for or your friends or your husband or whatever, every relationship you have that falls under there. What we're probably going to realize is that when we look at all the things, it's not all possible. Is that the realisms are, is time is finite. There are 168 hours in a week. We spend 56 of them at minimum. We should be spending eight hours a night of them every day. So 56 hours a week in bed, sleeping. So we are really only left with a certain amount of hours. And we need to understand that not every hour can be packed with something. We can't be, we can't spend all that time. We can't be doing all the things Mm -hmm. we can't be. It's just not possible. We need, especially those of us in perimenopause and postmenopausal, we need more white margin. We need more space in our life because we can't physically, mentally, emotionally do it all. And so what does that mean? We need to start thinking about what are the things that are less of a priority in my life that I need to delete or delegate Mm -hmm. in my life. So I think about a student that that we were asking her this very same question. She went from working part-time to full-time and she was, and then her health was beginning to take its toll. And so we began to ask her, what is, what are the things in your life? What are you willing to give up? And she was like, you know what? I, I'm not willing to give up my three activities a week at church. Right. Which were good things. Which were but, good things. Yeah. But are they serving her because it's taking her away from being able to to rest and do the things that she needs to do in the evenings to care for herself, to prepare for her work the next day. Yeah. Like you said, like whatever you say yes to, you're actually 
an opposite way. You're saying no to other things. And so you just can't think that you can just keep adding things in and that something is going to not you know, we can not, not going to give. Right. That's just not but, how it works. But one thing I did love that she said is that, you know what, I can delegate some of the things that I am doing to mm-hmm. my husband. And so she was said, I could delegate some of these errands and these activities to him so that he can take on that load. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think as we, as women, uh, depending, we might not be thinking that that's even an option. If we've been especially doing it for the last 30, 40 years of our life, Mm -hmm. that we think that we can ask our husbands to help with these things, especially if we are also working full time, you know, for, for us to begin to share that load and to have those conversations. And so that's possibly what's going to need to happen happen is you're going to need to have hard, hard conversations with yourself to say, what am I actually getting from this? That why I'm unwilling to give this up? Is it something that, you know, I feel like, um, I'm needed. So therefore I'm going to do, so I'm needed in this church committee. So I'm going to do it. Oh, they've asked me and, and I I'm needed. Like, are we, what are we really getting from that? Um, but also to really realize that these, So we have to have these conversations with ourselves, but we might have to have hard conversations with others, like our spouses, like our kids. Um, I think about another student who is, who goes and physically visits her, her, her children and grandchildren twice a month. So she leaves her home, travels and spends time with her grandchildren, which is great, great cause, right? But she's unable to recover in between and able to see success with her healthy goals that she set for herself. Mm -hmm. So my question is, can you for a season, it doesn't have to be forever where we give these things up. Can we say for a season, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months. For some, it might need to be a year or more where we just go all in on our health, remove everything that's not essential to our life. Things that like some things we can't get rid of, like we can't get rid of our children. You know, there's, there's things that we can't do. Right. But to realize that if that's a priority, my, our children are a priority, like they're not going away. Well, then I need to look at everything else in our life and say, what needs to give? What needs to go right now so that I can make sure that my health is a priority so that I can make sure that I am caring for myself? Because if I don't, there are grave consequences. And so these diseases are going to begin to take root and take hold and start expressing themselves. And suddenly, if we're not careful, our dear listener is going to turn into her ailing mother and her kids are going to have to take care of her because she didn't take care of herself. Right. And so we are then going to become a burden to our children. Yeah, we have a disconnect that that's, you know, that's not going to be me, but. Right. It will. It It will. will. We will be there if we are not careful. And so how do we live in a way that today it's like we can pour into ourselves so that we can then pour out to others because you cannot pour out from a place of lack. You can only pour out from a place of abundance. And if everybody around you needs you, then you will be continuously lacking and that will take its toll on your health, body, mind, and spirit. So that really leads us to kind of our last solution here that we're going to leave you with is that if we've if we've understand now that our health needs to take its rightful place in our priority list in the spot of number two, how do we, with a life that's busy, so with a, you're going to go and you're going to hopefully delegate and you're going to delete some things that are not serving you, even if it's just for a season, ideally forever, but at least for a season so that you can pour into and get your health in order. How do you do that? Well, we need to begin to establish 
healthy habits in our life that create the lifestyle that our our life can then run on, the tracks that our life can run on so that our health and living healthy becomes easy so that we are energized and have the capacity to then live the life that we're trying to live. So the question is, how do you do that? Well, we've established in Healthy Free Life, and you can listen to plenty of our podcasts where we talk about the seven habits of a healthy free life. Uh There are seven critical areas of health that we must focus on in order to be truly healthy. So we have the habit of worship, rest, hydration, sleep, moving, eating healthy, God's glorious foods, and exercising. But it can feel very overwhelming. If you don't feel like you have enough time, how do you actually add these things into your life. And so, you know, when I say you need to exercise four times a week for 30 minutes, that feels very overwhelming. If I tell you, you need to take a full day off for Sabbath and you need to rest 90 minutes a day, you're like, how in the world do I do that? Right. It doesn't seem possible. And this is why, again, great episode on baby steps in our show, but we've got to baby step our way there. We've got to begin to add in these small baby step micro habits into our life that they don't become overwhelming, where we can easily add them in despite a busy schedule. And we need to begin to let them grow and develop space on our schedule over time so that we can get to that place where we are fully implementing all of the habits to their fullness, where we are taking 10,000 steps a day. We are exercising four times a week. We are drinking our 64 to 100 ounces of water. We're worshiping God throughout our day because we've created space that started small and it's grown over time. And so let me share with you exactly how you're, I'm going to help you to do that. We would love, Chris and I would love to hold your hand inside our Healthy Free Life Academy, where this is the exact thing that we do. We not only teach you why it's so important for each of these healthy habits so that when you understand the why, then it's a lot easier to do it because you're like, oh my goodness, this is so important. I This is non-negotiable. I have mm-hmm. to do this, right? We got to set that, that why deep in your soul, but then we're going to give you the practical tools that you need to begin to create create your unique way you're going to implement these habits in your life. And we do it in community so that you have the accountability and support of others. Yeah. Coming, linking arms with you saying, we're going to do this. We are going to fight the good fight. We're going to make our health a priority and we're going to do this together. And so we would love to have you join us. You can go to healthyfreelife.com forward slash academy. Again, healthyfreelife.com forward slash academy. We would love, love to help you walk this path where you create a space in your life for a healthy free life, where it becomes easy for you to live it, where you no longer have to diet. You have this way of eating and living that you can do for the rest of your life. Because I got to be honest, these are these seven habits. We must do them every day for the rest of our life. Forever, Lord willing, we'll still be doing them in our 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's vitally important that we prioritize our health and make it a part of our day, part of our week, and a part of our life where it begins to then fuel everything else that we're doing. It's it's really our purpose here at Healthy Free Life is to help you to release the physical burdens that are holding you back so that you can go and do and be all that God created you for. Now, let me leave you with this reminder from Jesus in Matthew 6, 33, where he reminds us exactly what is our first priority? where he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. Until next time, bye for now. Mm 